Today, I am giving you all the intimate details on the birth and the weeks leading up to the birth of our third baby, Archer Everett. This birth story is so very close to my heart, and honestly, I debated on whether or not I'd even share it, but here we are, and I am very excited to tell you this story. Today's episode is such a good one with a lot to unpack, so let's dive in. Hey mama, I'm Jenna, and you're listening to the Joy-Filled Podcast. I'm here to help stay-at-home moms thrive by equipping you with tools to help you acknowledge and embrace your season, establish rhythms and routines for productivity and home management, and encourage you to bring joy back into your motherhood. You'll walk away with everything you need to truly experience the fullness of joy in this beautiful season of raising babies at home. So reheat or refill wherever you're at in your day, (laughs) your coffee, and let's live joy-filled together. So, Archer's birth story. I have alluded, if you follow me on Instagram, I have alluded to a lot of different things that have happened, but I've never sat down and shared the entire story. I was going to record a video. I was going to record stories. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm most comfortable sitting behind a microphone with my coffee in my comfy chair. So I'm just going to record a podcast episode. So here we are. And I'm excited to tell you this story. So after uh, two, so Miles and Birdie were both traditional hospital births with I'm a traditional OB who was very good at her job, but was a very modern medicine OB. And while that is fantastic for some people, (laughs) for me, uh, that was just not what I was looking for this time around. And so after doing a lot of research and talking with my husband and praying about it, I really wanted to see a midwife for this pregnancy and... Um, try to plan for a home birth. And uh, so I I researched midwives in our area and I found one um, and she's absolutely amazing. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed being seen by a midwife. It was just so much more personal and she just, I, I just felt like, I mean, all of our visits were 30 to 40 minutes. And I feel, I felt like when it came time to start really talking about the birth and planning for the birth, I felt like I was planning with a friend. I felt like I was having a friend assist me. And that was just just such a good feeling. And that's how you should feel when you're getting ready to do something so monumental like birth a baby. So we're planning for home birth. Everything was looking great. And then in my 20-week ultrasound, uh, we found some placenta abnormalities. And similar to what we had, what I had with my first pregnancy. So if you don't know my, my, uh, if you don't know Miles's birth story, I'm not going to share the whole thing, but basically he had what's called a bilobed placenta. And my OB thought that because he was measuring small, um, he was measuring in the sixth percentile that we should induce early. I am not going to go into that because there's a lot 
There's a lot that I have learned since then. Um, and there's a lot that I would do differently, but, um, she made the decision to induce me early and that led to a lot of other complications. And I ended up, uh, post-delivery, immediately after he was delivered, I began to hemorrhage, um, ultimately ending in having a blood transfusion and all of that. So that was traumatic. It led to a lot of other postpartum issues. Um, But anyways, I digress. (laughs) With Archer at my 20-week ultrasound, um, they found at the time what they thought was also a bilobed placenta, which is super rare in and of itself. And it's not something that if you have it once, you'll have it again. So it was super rare and weird. And my midwife actually, she was like, you're kind of a unicorn um, that you, that I would have it again. And so because of that, she ultimately decided um, that she was going to recommend a hospital birth, but she referred me to a hospital that was about an hour away and a doctor that I'd never had before, but he was incredible. Um, and so I, I felt so comfortable with her recommendation because I knew that she had my best interest in mind and um, she didn't love some of the policies that our local hospital um, had put in place for labor and delivery. So she, um, and she knew, she knew my desires and what I wanted. And so she referred me to a hospital that she knew would best fit my needs. And I so appreciated that. And her reasoning for referring me to a hospital was she wanted to limit the potential possibility for more trauma. And I so appreciated that. So, um, this hospital and this doctor, they were amazing. The doctor was on board with everything we wanted. He sat down and asked me, okay, why did you want a home birth this time? What are you looking for? And we spent probably 30 to 40 minutes talking. And I, there were things that I was scared to share with him. And he, every single thing, he was like, yep, we can do that. Yep, we can do that. There were even some things that he was like, yeah, that's standard procedure. (laughs) I was just so blown away. And I left just so in awe of God and um, just how he was refining our story and taking care of us in every twist and turn. And um, I I felt so at peace with deciding to be in the hospital um, because I honestly, if we're being transparent, I was finding that I was planning like my preparation was more for I was pl- I was preparing my home for the birth more than I was preparing my heart and myself. And so once we chose to be at a hospital, I was able to release the anxieties that I had because I was a little bit nervous with my history of hemorrhaging and the, you know, having the same placenta um, abnormalities that I had previously. I was concerned and honestly starting to feel maybe even a little bit of anxiety and PTSD resurfacing from um, from my first. And so I just was able to lay all that down and really focus on preparing my heart. And once I did that, oh my goodness, I just, it was incredible. So now, now that we've prefaced the whole story, um, I want to share my actual labor and birth story. So It was, I was 40 weeks and one day, 
and I had an I had an appointment with my doctor and I up until this point I had not had a cervical check. I chose to opt out of those. I thought I kind of just felt like it was unnecessary and would, you know, with my second it it just caused me to, I would like start having contractions and then they would die down. And it just was a, it didn't do anything good for me mentally. And there's really no reason to know, like you don't need to be dilated until you're in labor. So I didn't need to know three weeks before my due date that I was two centimeters dilated. That just didn't help me. <laughs> um, and so, but I was 40 weeks and one day. And so I decided I, since I'm at my due date for past my due date, I do want to know where I'm at because I was starting to feel some things, but nothing major. And so I just wanted to get a feel for where we were. And so I um, I had him check me and I was like, I think I was like two centimeters or three, something like that. But I hadn't been feeling any contractions or anything. And so obviously after that appointment, I <laughs> was feeling contractions. That was it. That was like a, it was a morning appointment. And so Um, We went and after that appointment, we went and picked up a glider chair that I was buying off of Facebook Marketplace and then we went back home and I was having contractions the whole drive home, but I knew that they were just from, um, just from the check and so I wasn't really getting excited about anything and then the rest of the day I was just kind of resting and hanging out and that evening my, my parents came over and I just kind of had a feeling that the next time I saw my mom was going to be when I was telling her it's time to go that night I just kind of had a feeling that things were happening and I've never really felt intuition like that around um you know birth and labor I've never I I had never experienced that before where I just kind of had an inner knowing that it things were happening and he was coming Um, and so that was kind of exciting, but I kept it to myself. I didn't, you know, I didn't tell anyone like, I think it's going to happen because we've all been there where (laughs) like you think it's going to happen for like three weeks and then, and then you're just disappointing everyone. Um, and so that night we went to bed and I, oh, before we went to bed, I had, this is, I love hearing all the nitty gritty details of birth stories. So I'm going to share things and you might be like, ew, what the heck? But Maybe it's not for you, but I love hearing all the nitty gritty details. So before I went to bed, I had, um, I did have some more, um, like bloody show is what they call it. Uh, and so I was like, oh, that's something that's new. And, um, and so then I went to sleep. I woke up at, I think it was midnight. Um, and I just woke up. I hadn't. I don't know if a contraction woke me up or if I just woke up, but I didn't even like really, I went to the bathroom and I didn't even like stop to wait and see if I was feeling contractions. It was so weird. It was that intuition that just, I woke up and I just instantly knew like I need to get up and start moving around because this is happening. I have not, I'm not one that just wakes up in the middle of the night. I, when I sleep, I sleep. (laughs) So I knew that, I knew that he was coming. I knew that I was in labor before I ever felt a contraction. And so I decided it was like midnight, 1 a.m. And I decided to um, just go downstairs and start cleaning. Honestly, before we went to bed, we usually try to clean before we go to bed. But I left everything a little bit messy because I just had a feeling that I 
would be waking up in the middle of the night and I was like, well, I'll just clean it then. (laughs) And I'm glad I did that because I had something to do. So I cleaned the kitchen, cleaned the floors, wiped down everything, got everything looking tidy and nice. Um, And I did that for about an hour and I was having contractions the whole time. And by the time I was done, like by the time I was wiping out the sink and finishing up everything, I was having to stop and breathe through contractions and so I knew yeah it's probably time to start timing them and see where we're at and maybe wake up my husband I hadn't woken anyone up I hadn't texted my mom Uh, and so I went back upstairs and you know put the last few things in my hospital bag and I started timing them and sure enough I timed like three and the app that I was using was like you need to go to the hospital So I woke my husband up and I just looked at him and he was like, is it time? (laughs) And I was like, it's time. And I just, I texted my mom. It was like 2.30 at this point. And I just said, hi. (laughs) She's like, hi. (laughs) And she, she just knew too. So mind you, our drive was about an hour. So we texted, uh, or my husband called our doctor and he, uh, he said, okay, start heading to the hospital. I will, I'll let him know you're coming. And so by the time um, we got everything situated, my dad came over to stay with kids. By the time we headed out, um, I was having pretty good contractions, but still breathing through them just fine. And uh, we, the drive was actually really great. That's a lot of people have asked, like, you were an hour away? How was that drive? It was actually really peaceful. And I just had my music going. I just, I had music going and I just had a blanket wrapped around me. And I was just breathing and focusing. Um, And so we got to the hospital. It was probably, I can't remember all the times now. I should have recorded this like the day after. So everything was fresh. But it was probably like 4 a.m. I think by the time we got to the hospital. And, you know, they welcomed us right in and (laughs) took us right to our room. It was, it's a smaller hospital than the one that's local to us. And I actually loved that because it just felt so personal and everyone felt like, it felt like everyone was excited that we were having a baby (laughs) and I loved that. And so they got us all situated. I gave them our birth preferences and everyone that looked at our birth preference uh, sheets were like, oh yeah, we can do this totally fine. And I had some things in there that are, you know, I wanted to do a home birth and I was like, I'm not budging on this stuff. Uh, And so that was cool that everyone was just really cool with how we wanted to birth. I just really wanted um, just a physiological birth, a intervention free. uh, I just, I I wanted it to be how it, you know, how God intended birth to be, not just unmedicated. I've had unmedicated births. I wanted a physiological birth. Okay, I had to pause to go pick up the baby. So now Archer Everett is joining us to tell his birth story. (laughs) Hopefully he cooperates with me. Uh, But like I was saying, I wanted a physiological birth and I was so excited that everyone was super on board with it. And so, like I said, we got to the hospital. It was around 5 a.m. by the time we got there um, and we began working hard and working through contractions The only thing that I was kind of bummed about is I was uh, hoping, so this hospital had jacuzzi tubs in the rooms, um, but there were only a few rooms that had them, so I was hoping to be able to get one of those rooms, and I didn't. So that was a bummer, as I wasn't able to be in water while I was uh, working through contractions, but 
that's okay. <laughs> I We got our routine down. I had um, a worship playlist that I had put together and had been listening to for the weeks leading up to his birth. And uh, so we got our routine down to where when a contraction would come, uh, my mom would do counter pressure or when they got super intense, I would like hold on to my husband um, and he would do the counter pressure because we needed somebody <laughs> is a little bit stronger um and we would just like I would just give them a cue and they would just come right up and support me through it and then uh and then I would relax and give myself a break and I think that is if you're wanting um an unmedicated if you're wanting a natural birth uh that's key is riding the waves and then allowing your body a break when it gives you a break like really working with your body to relax and you know, be at peace and don't, don't stay tense. Don't stay in that place of, you know, uh, stress when, when you're in between contractions. So that's, I was really just working with my mind and working with my body. And I just kept, uh, over and over again, I just kept saying to myself, um, you know, I, I, in my head, I would just say things like, I trust you. I trust that you can do this. I trust my body. Um, I also (laughs) was thinking, open thoughts. Uh, and so I was, uh, <laughs> roaring through my contractions and very vocal. I sometimes like, honestly, I, I was kind of expecting like, Oh, I'll just be peaceful and it'll be wonderful. But no, I was very vocal, but, um, doing very like deep sounds and, and just allowing my jaw to stay open because if your jaw is open, your cervix will be open which is kind of funny, but it's so true. I was just allowing my jaw to be open, allowing my my mouth to be open, allowing my everything to just feel very relaxed and not tense. Um, I was I was trying to be very mindful of the just where I was holding tension and just constantly re- trying to release it and just work with my body and work with God. Um, I, I I kept telling myself things like I am created to do this. Uh, my body can do this. This doesn't have to be painful. I I don't. I am not afraid. Therefore, I don't need to feel pain. Things like that. And I had practiced those affirmations leading up to the birth and the labor. And so I was ready. And that's one thing that I would highly recommend. It's just just practice. Practice how you want your labor to go. I envisioned everything, and it it all happened almost to a T. To a T. I envisioned and prayed over what this labor and delivery would look like. And so I felt that things I was having, I knew I was having very effective contractions. I was leaning over the bed for most of them. um, And I knew that that they were just very, they were doing what they were supposed to do. Um, When I, when we got to the hospital, I had dilated a few more centimeters and I just knew that everything was going to keep moving. It was that intuition again. I swear, I, I've never experienced intuition like that before, but it was just so incredible to just, to feel like I was just releasing control to my body over and over again. I, I just was releasing control to my body. And because, you know, our bodies will birth a baby whether or not we're on board. They know, our bodies know what to do. It knows what to do. <laughs> and, uh, and so my water broke on the birthing ball around 8.30 a.m. So we got to the hospital at 5. My water broke around 8.30. And my, you know, my doctor came in 
he checked me when my water broke because I was like I, he was about to leave and I just felt like I just want to know where we're at so he checked me and he was like he made some joke and <laughs> I didn't get it and he was like that means you're 10 centimeters you're nine centimeters or something like I was like oh okay <laughs> cool we're doing this and I wasn't surprised at all by that because I just I felt like I was having very effective contractions and so I was leaning over the bed sitting on the birthing ball and when my water broke and I I it was during a contraction and I said to my mom I either peed my pants or my water broke (laughs) third baby and I still wasn't 100% 100% sure if it was actually my water breaking. <laughs> she And then like water continued to gush out of me. And so she was like, yes, your water broke. I did. He was like, he, my doctor asked me, you know, he told me he, he was really just letting me do what I wanted to do. And so he said, you know, do a couple more contractions there. If you can, if you feel like you need to push, you can start pushing, just get a couple more good contractions in if you can, and let's do this. And I didn't even that I really began to turn inward. I mean, I turned inward for my entire labor, but at this point I really just turned inward and I got up on the bed and I got up in what they call the Gaskin position. If you've read, uh, Ina May's guide to childbirth, Ina May Gaskin is who, that's who it's named after. Um, but it's basically, you're holding on to the back of the bed, you're on your knees and you're holding on to the back of the bed. So you're kind of in like a squatting-ish position, um, but it is what felt good to me. And I, that was one of the biggest things is I do not want to push on my back um, because it just, it works against gravity to bring the baby out. And I just, I got to, I didn't know exactly what position I would want to be in, but I just, I knew that my body would know. That's what felt most comfortable for me, and I kept having contractions. I kept, by this time, my voice was pretty much gone with how vocal I was being throughout each contraction, and that <laughs> that was rough, but I uh, didn't even say, like, I think I need to push. I think it's time, and my doctor, everyone in the room was so quiet my doctor, I didn't even know if he was there. I was actually like looking up at my mom like, is everyone here? Does everyone know what's happening? Like, I'm about to have a baby. <laughs> We're not going to be here for very much longer. And so I got up on the bed and my husband didn't really know exactly like, I didn't really give anyone a signal as to like what I was feeling because I didn't want to throw myself off. I was really in the zone And I was in that labor land that they call it. And I didn't want to get out of it. (laughs) And so I, as things, right when I started to feel the urge to push, I, this song came on my playlist. And looking back, I wish I would have told my husband, like, turn that up and put it on repeat. I almost did. Um, But it came on and it was a song that I had just kind of cling to over the last couple weeks um it's called dancing on the waves and it basically the chorus goes don't be afraid we'll be walking on don't be afraid I am your strength we'll be walking on the water dancing on the waves and I I look at contractions as waves and so I just felt like it was that was my labor song (laughs) that was my song and I you know I would listen to that song when I prayed over my labor and my birth and um I would listen to that song when I just would envision what I wanted to happen. 
And there's other lyrics too that just really, I can't think of them right now. I'd have to stop and pause, (laughs) but, uh, don't be afraid. I am your strength. We'll be walking on the water, dancing on the waves. Uh, and that song came on and I just felt like it was like a nudge from God because mind you, I still have the placenta, um, issues. I still have the possibility of hemorrhaging after all this is done. And it just really felt like a wink from God, a hug from God, honestly, like it felt like it was God, it was Jesus, like reminding me that he was right there with me, that he was, you know, I had my my husband on one side of me and my mom on the other side of me and my baby was about to come out and I felt like the, it was Jesus just like, I'm here too. It was the Holy Spirit just wrapping me up and I felt that room felt, it was so spiritual and I felt so connected. It almost felt like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> and um, I wish that I like had it on, on film or had more pictures of it uh, because I, I want to share it. But at the same time, not having pictures or anything feels kind of sacred. Um, and like I'm the only one that really knows. And that feels kind of special. <laughs> and so I uh, once I began to push... I started to, I stopped the like loud noises and I just started breathing, just really breathing and breathing quietly. Um, And I just, I really, I feel like I keep saying this, but I, I let my body do it. So I didn't, I didn't actually push at all. My body just ejected the baby which is it was such a cool feeling and what I you know the ring of fire actually didn't it didn't feel painful because I just was breathing through it and I I knew that he was coming out so soon and I I you know I I was reaching I reached my hand back to feel feel his head and my mom looked at me and she was like is is he, is he there? And, and I just kind of nodded. And she said that my, my doctor was just, and the team was just standing back, allowing me, I didn't hear a word from him the entire time I was pushing. That's another thing I wanted is I didn't want to have any coach to pushing. I just really wanted to be in control. And so I didn't even know if he was actually there. <laughs> and he, my mom said that once, uh, once I did that, you know, once I, I signaled that like, yeah, he's coming. Um, he, he just stepped forward and lifted up my gown. Uh, and sure enough, there was Archie's head. (laughs) And my husband was like, oh, he, like, he didn't realize what was happening either. (laughs) And, uh, and so then I don't even know how many times I pushed because I didn't really push. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to push it. Just, just, I was breathing and allowing my body to do the last leg of work. And honestly, this is, I don't know. Let me know. Like email me or DM me or something after you listen to this. I want to know if you have done like unmedicated or if you remember how it felt, which did you enjoy? Well, not enjoy. I enjoy birth, but which felt better, contractions or pushing? Because I think after working through contractions, pushing actually feels so good. It feels like a relief. Like you can finally just let it all out. Anyways, so in my husband's words, 
Archie fell out of me at 9.09 a.m. And so so my water broke at 8.30 and he came out at 9.09. And that was the first time I had heard from my doctor during the whole pushing process. So he, I talked with him when my water broke and then I didn't hear from him again or see him again until... I knew he was behind me. I was up on the bed. I knew he was behind me, but I didn't hear from him again until he said, okay, Jenna, I'm going to pass him up to you. And I was still on my knees and I was at this point in more of like a squatting position. And after I'd pushed him out, I actually got to like grab him through, through my legs and unwrap because his cord was kind of wrapped around his body. So I got to like unwrap the cord and bring him up to my chest. And oh my gosh, it was just, it was the most incredible spiritual. I feel like, I feel like I touched heaven a little bit in that room. And then about 20 minutes later, my placenta came out just fine, all on its own. We didn't have to do anything with it. And so he was born at nine in the morning and we... Uh, my doctor let us go home uh, that night. We got discharged at 8 p.m. So I wouldn't always recommend that because uh, <laughs> I think it was special circumstances, but he knew that we wanted to have a home birth and he would just, I think he wanted to give us the experience that we were hoping for. And so it was, you know, 11 hours after I had him, we were heading home to our other babies and we got to spend our first night with him back at home in our own bed, in our own room. And it was just, it was so incredible. The kids got, the kids spent the night at my parents' house. So we got to have our first night in our home, but with just him. And uh, it was just amazing. And I, after that experience, I was riding an adrenaline high for at least two days. My midwife was asking me, because I was still in contact with my midwife and she was doing my postpartum care. And so she was asking me, like, how much did you sleep? And I'm like, "Mm, maybe two hours, but I feel great. (laughs) Once the adrenaline wore off, I was extremely exhausted. But all in all, it was an amazing birth story. We didn't have any issues or uh, hemorrhaging or anything like that. Every single thing that I just was praying for and hoping for Uh, happened. And even though we were in a hospital, it was honestly way better than I could have imagined. And I just, I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful that I, you know, have taken the time to learn more about labor and about birth. There's a few uh, resources that I'll list for you in the description. If you are wanting to have a physiological birth, if you're wanting that, like I truly didn't feel pain. I I truly had a pain-free birth and that was incredible. And we joke about birth being this painful, horrible thing, but that was a curse that Jesus took care of on the cross. And, and so we don't have to live with that. Jesus took care of all of that on the cross, even the curse of painful childbirth. And that there's a lot of freedom in realizing that. I know that there are a lot of people who are just like, go in, give me the drugs, let's have this baby. And that's fine. However you want to have your baby is how you want to have your baby. And I think all birth is incredible in its own way. But if you're desiring to have a physiological birth, that is, you know, how, how God intended it to be, 
it's possible and it doesn't have to be a painful, horrible, hard thing. Uh, I would just, I would recommend um, checking out the resources that I listed and also just finding a provider, whether that's a midwife or an OB or, you know, a doula to come alongside you. Uh, finding a provider that is going to work with you and and really understands that you are in charge and they are working for you and with you and they are not uh, in charge of your birth. And that was the most pivotal thing for me is just having a team of people who cared about what I wanted and were willing and excited about my preferences, not just not just willing, but excited. And uh, it was an incredible, uh, it was an incredible day. And Archer's been amazing. He's been great. So thank you for listening to Archer's birth story. I'm so glad to be able to share it with you. Uh, I want to pray with you real quick. And then I will see you next week. Lord, I thank you for the mama listening right now. Maybe she's juggling her kids. Uh, Maybe she's listening while she's rocking a baby to sleep. Um, I thank you for her and I pray that you would strengthen her, um, that you would bring joy into her heart and into her soul, uh, that you would help her embrace this season with everything that she has, that you would show her yourself in, in the season of being at home with her kids. Uh, I pray that she would, she would have fun, that she would laugh, um, and that she would really soak up everything, everything that you have for her in this season, that, that you would, you would remind her of her purpose, that it's not in what she's doing, but it's who she's called to be. And, and right now that's, you know, the calling is a season of motherhood and it's hard and it's trying and it's selfless and it's refining. And I pray that through this season that you would refine her, that you would teach her more about you, that you would teach her about who you are, and that through her selfless everyday acts that she would learn your heart. And I pray that you would just, I just lift her up to you and I pray that you would protect her and wrap your arms around her. Uh, and just give her, give her everything she needs and fill in all of her gaps and just bless her and bless her family and bless her kids. Uh, in Jesus name. Amen. If you found value in today's episode, the best way to thank me is by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a written review. This helps me stay encouraged, but it also pushes this podcast out to more mamas that desperately need to hear about the joy and purpose that is readily available to them. So thank you in advance for being a part of this community and helping me get this message out to as many people as possible. You mean so much to me and I can't wait to chat with you next week.